Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-A-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works. Blake, what's the most embarrassing moment your parents ever subjected you to? Have I ever told you about the time I got a ass whooping right after I got baptized? Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. Blake Hodges, a man who literally had to get baptized a second time after I got in trouble with my first one. And I'm here with my co-host who has never gotten a whooping in his life. And it shows Toby Walters. <laughs> I. <laughs> it shows Mr. Walters. How old were you when this happened? Uh, okay, so. I don't, don't go into the story because I am fascinated by this and I think this should be another future story. It should. Let's just say I want to say I'm in second or fourth grade. And this was back when the mind calendar was going to end. And I ah. thought, oh, I got to get saved and punch my ticket real fast. Ah. So they took me like to 2012 the, was coming. Yes. I literally went to a, a graduation that I realized I would graduate in 2012, but I'm a young kid. Mm. Then I looked at the mind calendar. Then I got baptized and I got my butt whooped. That's how that, that fear progressed. Okay. Well, I'm fascinated to hear the story in a future episode. So this will give us, give our millions of listeners yet another reason to tune back in. Since, you know, we give them so many other reasons. Yeah, they call that a tease, but it wasn't a tease me getting hit. It was quite <laughs> painful. So uh, it was very recently the holidays. And as most of us do, we go, you know, except for you, Blake, who are actually from the Nashville area. So you don't have to go home for the holidays. You were home for the holidays. Yes, except we went to go visit my in-laws and uh, everyone got sick. So we all ah. sequestered. It was quite a time. Fun. So you went home, though. Yes, I went back to San Diego area, and I always specify that I'm not from the nice parts of San Diego. I'm from the inland, like, meh parts of San Diego. The meh stands for meth lab. (laughs) Yes, I did have a literal meth lab next door to me uh, growing up, so that was fun. Um, And I was just, you know... It's always fun to kind of reminisce about your childhood, like you're put back into your childhood memories, like by location. And so I was thinking of just some of the embarrassing moments because, Blake, you've met my parents, especially my father. I have. He's a good man. And so you can understand, like, I probably had a lot of embarrassing moments growing up. And so I thought I'd just recap on a few of these things. So number one, my dad had a very minor, and I stress minor, music career in the church you know, church world. And so one of the things he did is he would bring the whole family up on stage to sing with him as part of his set when he would travel to these churches. And I was something like three years old when he would do this. So my siblings were much older. They'd get up there and they'd participate in the song. My mom would sing in it and I'd stand up there. And I don't remember any of this because I was like three years old. They said I would stand there with one hand, finger up my nose and the other one holding my crotch. And you're three years old at this point? Yes. Well, then it's totally forgivable. This isn't your yes. fault. I feel like that's very embarrassing for me to have to be drawn into this ridiculous family moment. This is bad parenting, Mr. Walters. And so eventually when I got older and they wanted to do like a family sing and I was running sound at that point, I said, okay, you guys go ahead. I'll be at the sound booth in the back. <laughs> and so that was me and... You know, I've, I've worked to distance myself from my family as much as possible because I feel like, you know, I'm not embarrassing, but they are. You get that right. Yeah, you're the coolest one. (laughs) You had to move all the way out here. And there was another moment when I was in high school and there was, Blake, do you know what the news is like on TV? Have you ever watched the news on TV? What are you talking about, Toby? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is this where you get your YouTube content from? (laughs) So there was a kind of a teaser for the newscast coming out that night, and it had something called an editorial, and it was an editorial about the effects of parents, like, making fun of their children on, like, their well-being. 
And so I turned to my dad. My dad was sitting behind me in the same room. And I turned to him and I say, yeah, dad. And he looks back at me and he says, shut up, fat boy. <laughs> Wait a minute. And you say that to me all the time. So you learned it from him. I learned it from watching him. And uh, <clears throat> one of my, I was just reminded of this. So my wife and I grew up in the same town, same community, literally two miles apart our whole lives. We didn't know each other until we met like after college. Um, but we have so many of the sh- like same kind of shared memories because we were from the same place. So she grew up in a neighborhood that right outside the neighborhood was this kind of dead end and a little park right there. And at this park was this small collection of like boulders. Oh, no. I know where this is going. A dead end with a place to hide. (laughs) So this collection of boulders at the park was literally just across the street from her neighborhood. But she was not allowed to go because rumor was that that was where the like the rebel high school kids did drugs and had sex. The rebel high school kids. What is this? A dystopian movie where like there's <laughs> factions. So she said growing up, she was not allowed to go to the rocks because that's where bad kids misbehaved. And so I realized, wait a second. I was allowed to go to those rocks. I actually went to those rocks with my parents because my mom wanted to take a picture of my dad's quilts staged on the rocks and I had to go along and stand there while my parents took pictures of quilts. Did you ever look in the corners of those photos and see any teenagers looking up like, oh my gosh, we're getting caught. I'm just imagining my wife like, you know, riding her bike around the neighborhood looking over like, ooh, is that the bet? Oh no, that's just some dork with his parents who were taking pictures of quilts. Gracious. Can you imagine growing up with such embarrassing parents, Blake? You know, I can't because my parents are the coolest parents ever in the whole world. Um, The only parent that is cooler than them is presently sitting with us, a front of house legend, funny guy, overall best dude in the church production space, plus best one at making some coffee. And quilter? Let's find out. Gene Kim. Gene, can you quilt us something? No, absolutely not. That's not what I do. (laughs) Not even like to save your life? I would die. Do you like... Say sometimes you quilt a beautiful tapestry of sound. No, at your uh, very generous for what I do. do. Yeah, that's not it. And have you ever heard of a male quilter before? No, that would be a first for me. Nor have most people, but I'm willing to oust my dad right now. He is a full-on male quilter and was actually feel uh, featured in quilting magazines as one of the few in America male quilters. He's a male quilter and a childhood bully to his own children. <laughs> calling Gene, did you guys have the rocks back when you grew up? Do you have any place where y'all did your mischief? Well, we had a place. It was called, uh, well, it's called Web Park in my neighborhood where we grew up. And I realized that because my mom saw skateboarders skating oh, yeah. at Web Park. Web Park, And uh, now that I've grown up and I still live in the area, I realized, oh, it's just a posh neighborhood park next to like some commercial buildings. And you thought they were bad kids, but actually they were just upper middle class spoiled brats. <laughs> this was such like Southern California growing up in the 80s. Like skateboarding was a huge subculture there. But conservative parents... We're like, you can't go to the park and skateboard because that's where bad kids go. That's where you do drugs. Yep. Man. Well, you know, speaking of things that send you to hell, uh, (laughs) (laughs) lying is one of them and we don't want you to go to hell. So we're going to skip the five truths and a lie today. Um, Also, because Gene's a repeat guest, he's already earned his stripes there. We will do a fun coffee game at the end, though, where I pit the two of you together. Yes. Surprise coffee trivia, which now I realize isn't a surprise, but... It'll be fun. I hope to fail miserably for you guys. Yeah. That'd be funny if I beat him on the coffee thing. I would love that. Yeah. I would actually put money that you would. Gene, Gene, listen, for my overall work (laughs) happiness, I need us to to downplay Toby's ego, not up it. So let's just get right into it. Um, Okay. So Gene, we've we've had you on before. Has it been about a year, Blake? I think it's literally been like a year and six months because I was looking it up for this. Okay. So one of our legends, apparently, that uh, we love you so much, we brought you on twice. So uh, what has Gene Kim been up to over the last year, year and a half? Like, what are some of the tours you've been involved in? If it helps uh, at all, it was September 2022. No, it That gives you, okay. That's not how old people's brains work. It doesn't help at all. Uh, let's see, 23. Oh, sorry. I should know better as an audio professional. 
If it helps, he sounds great in my ears. I'm oh, wearing right. headphones. Toby's not because Toby's too cool oh, for headphones. I, I am. Um, yeah. So last year, um, spent the first half doing uh, Phil Wickham's sing along tour. So I did a lot of that. Um, I filled in some for friends. You know, it's kind of like a small community. So you just kind of like sit in people's chair when they can't be out. So I did that. And then second half, I was with Johnny Swim and finished the year out. And then yeah, just working. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy to be working, to be honest. And mm. Phil's sing-along tour is like him and a guitar. Yeah. So really? this, yeah. So the, I think it was my, it's my third one and they're really fun. But uh, this year it was Leland and Matt Marr and Phil and uh, yeah, just acoustic guitars. So then, is it easier as a front of house engineer if it's just him and a guitar or does it, or is it harder because there's harder. nothing to hide behind? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's easier in the sense of like, Building the stage and getting it pinned and getting ready for sound check is like a lot shorter, but also at the same time, like, you know, these are the same size rooms. And so to make like an acoustic guitar sound as big as a drum kit can get a little challenging. So you do weird things like, you know, put them into subwoofers and do a bunch of things that kind of normally don't, you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to kind of get to like that, like 95 to, hundred, you know, on some bigger moments, like it gets challenging, but it's, it's also really fun because it, it just, it's so like midweek Bible study fellowship, like campfirey vibe, mm -hmm. you know? And so kind of at least my like earliest moments of like worship, it just, it just kind of like revisits all that. So I, it's awesome. And do you get paid per input? <laughs> so he's like, you get two one hundredths yeah, of what I would you normally work for an orchestra. If that were the case. <laughs> See, I get paid by input. That's why I have a lot of input. Yeah. I say a lot of opinions. Yeah, yeah. I, I just have to say, you guys are really good at this podcasting thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling very nervous and out of place. No, Gene. Remember, I told you we have to downplay Toby's ego. Tell him he's the worst podcaster <laughs> you've ever met in your life. I've seen a lot of hosts, but this one, guys, is just falling short. Oh no. Well. You know, it's a tough chair to sit in. And speaking of chairs, you talked about how you would sit in your buddy's chairs or they'd sit in yours whenever you'd be out. What's the kind of pressure of that or any anything to tell of when it's like, oh, I'm, I'm being invited to sit in someone's chair for a, for a time? Yeah. Um, it's, I think, like, what's changed in kind of the church or even touring community is, is and it's especially prevalent in Nashville, where um, you get this sense of, like, people are rooting for you and... Uh, they want you to do well. They're they're putting their friends on jobs and they're recommending people for work. And um, it's not always like that in other parts of the country. Um, but when you you know when your friend asks like, "Hey, can you sub for me?" or "I can't make these run of shows," it's you feel like a great responsibility, you know. Um, and and what you want to do, and this is what I appreciate of even people that fill in for me, is just the the feeling of they're not there to. They just want to honor what you do and just kind of like support the people that they usually serve and work for and and just not create any waves, you know, like in the past, you know, engineers would be like, well, I'm going to use my own file or, oh, I don't do it like that. And they kind of throw the, you know, previous engineer under the bus. And I think a lot has changed in terms of how people sub for each other. And, you know, even some of the churches that have guests from time to time, it's you know, I did a couple weekends at Passion City at the beginning of the year, just filling in and, you know, kind of the idea of just, you know, you're just there to serve that team and, you know, you want to use their template and you want to use their workflow and you want to use what's been established there. Um, so, yeah, just, I just think like in the last couple of years, like we all know who each other are. We're all friends or colleagues and it's changed. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, f I feel like Church Gear, Mike Reynolds, MXU, Philo, all these, you guys, like, this is, it's it's what's changed it, to be honest. That's awesome. Uh, one quick question that came to mind, is there any artist specifically that you're like, when I jump in there, it makes me itch just because, like, their mix is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, who's the most stressful to mix for just because of what they're trying to pull off? Um, It's not an artist, but... Uh, one of the weekends in, uh, <laughs> that I was at Passion City is they tied all the churches together. And so their, you know, host pastors and bands are talking to each campus live. And and even for some moments, like 
one campus's band is playing with another in real time. And so you're getting like uh, a string section submix from one campus and then you're integrating it with, you know, vocalists at your campus. And I've never done anything like that. I, it was, I was like, wow, this is like the line check before that service is serious. And I was like, this is what you guys just do like on a normal week to week basis. Like it's no big deal. And I'm like, hats off to you because that was stressful. It's funny how we've, we've had that conversation with the passion guys about trying to pull off the vision of the passion, you know, of Louis Giglio and the rest of the creative team. And yeah, the stuff that they aim yeah. for is next level. That's it's wild. I mean, that's the, that tells you how smart Stephen Bailey is. Yeah. Truly. He's that guy is it. Oh no. He, he, uh, <clears throat> we got to have him on the pod recently. This will have come out after that. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, he was super smart. He started nerding out on this one thing, and me and Toby were looking at each other, and we were like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I kind of knew what it meant in theory. No, you didn't. You're you, fronting. And you had, uh, what I say, two polar bears pay, playing uh, badminton in your head. <laughs> you just go to your happy place, Blake. <laughs> I love that you think my happy place is that, and not <laughs> swimming in white cheddar popcorn like uh, the Uncle Duck did in the gold coins back on Disney. Um, so Gene, you end up in a lot of different rooms, a lot of different churches. You see a lot of different things. Are there like specific trends that you're noticing that you like or hmm. don't like? Gosh. Um, I just feel like I'm, you know, in front of PAs that are 20 years old and three months old. And so it just kind of, you just kind of see it all. I, I don't know about trends. Um, at least specific to kind of like the church production world, it's nice to see just uh, this slow creeping movement towards like engineers, like being aware of their health. I know it's not about speakers and, and gear ecosystems and things like that, but I'm just noticing like normally when you visit a church, you know, it's, it's like an all hands on deck situation, you know, like a tour is coming by and you're, you know, you're, it's an event and, um, you know, everyone would be there. And now it's kind of like, well, you know, so-and-so took it off and, um, oh, we can't do that because so-and-so is not here because, you know, they worked already X amount of this hours, you know, this week or they're on vacation. And I just, I don't know. I just, I just think this thing towards healthier engineers is like, what I'm noticing the most, you know, or I'm seeing churches that are staffing more appropriately, you know, to be honest, where you see, you know, not just like the full-time person, or maybe you see a part-time person, but you're also seeing like the interns and then like a handful of like younger people that are obviously there to learn and kind of grow. So I don't know. I, that makes me happy as an old guy. And you kind of talking about like a healthy balance in everything where they're not, you know, yeah. working 90 hours a week and, Right. Crazy insanity. Like. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm just seeing just a movement towards health and balance and work, you know, work-life balance and, you know, being there for your family, and, you know, on the other side, it's also like the amount of learning and the amount of resources that people, like, I'm, I'm also startled at what people know when I come into a building, you know, like a 22 year old is like you know, just miles and miles beyond anything I was even aware of at their age, you know? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's so true at church gear and Blake, you're kind of the anomaly. Cause you're, you're kind of like right in the middle age range <laughs> of church gear, but like the younger, the people at church gear are, I feel like the smarter they are. Just like the most brilliant people in our company are mostly the youngest people here. And then you got the olds, <laughs> which Toby's in there. And then uh, I just teeter-totter between the two of them, you know, saying hi. Yeah. Those polar bears playing badminton in your head. See, the joke that happened over the weekend was they're going to have the young, the youths all play a game where we see if we know the music of the olds. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, the youths aren't going to know. And Kobe was on the youths team and she was like, no, I'm going to know. So I think I'm going to end up yeah. being the only one who doesn't. Some people were taught well by their parents. Other than you. Look, yeah. I was too busy getting a whooping after a <laughs> baptism, all right? Gene, are there anything, like, when you go to different rooms, different churches, are there, like, specific pet peeves where you get there and you're like, oh, no, not this situation again. Okay, let's work around it. I don't know. I I don't know if it's just 
who I work for or, but, you know, typically the posture of a tour visiting a church, you know, we're very aware that there are things that happen in that room that have nothing to do with us being there. And so we're actually, you know, at least our crews are just trying to be aware that, hey, like, especially if we're like a, a concert's on a Saturday, you know, like you're very trying not to minimize the the change over that this group of folks have to do before Sunday morning. And so we're trying to minimize the impact. But as far as pet peeves, you know, I don't know. I, I people are really kind when we're visiting, you know, they're, it, you know, I work a lot just being with Phil, people are excited to see him and, you know, they, we're not like coming in there, like knocking, kicking down the door, trying to assert our, you know, I, yeah. But then maybe we change the question up a bit. Like instead of pet peeves, maybe is it like, hey, these are some things that it's really nice that when we walk in, like these three things are already done or like I wasn't expecting it and that was really cool. Yeah, you just see like a clean stage, you know, like you just see a clean stage, something so basic as that or, you know, you arrive and they come meet you outside and say hi, you know, and they welcome you in, I just, you know, or they tell me where the good coffee is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you just don't know, you know, like where to go most of the time. And I've met, um, and I know you've worked with other artists, but I've met Phil a couple of times and like, he's, you know, so nice and you are very nice. And so, you know, it's, it's so wonderful to go to a church and have them just be nice in response. And some churches, like, they just don't think about it sometimes. They're like, oh, yeah, you're here. Okay, um, well, I'll get back to you. You know, they're just, right. it's almost like you're a nuisance a little bit. But Right. I mean, yeah. 2021, right when kind of like the pandemic was still kind of there, we were doing these shows where it was Phil, a guitar, me, his manager and like we were just like in a suv like doing these church like half capacity nights you know worship nights and um we were so grateful but you know as long as i've known him even then but i remember that season just because you know before we would come into a church like we would pray like help us to serve these people and feel like honestly he he says like we're here to serve this this church body you know this Whoever is in here. And so in the same way, he's trying to encourage and serve, whether it's a senior pastor or worship pastor, like I look at it as like, I'm here to kind of bless the tech folks in that building if I can, however I can. Yeah. I mean, is there anything in particular you, you find reoccurring happening when you're trying to bless the tech folks? I mean, I know it probably varies, you know, church to church, but that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, just telling him like, you know, the work's going to be here tomorrow when you come back. You know, you don't have to take it all home, you know. And, uh, uh, just be home more. <laughs> yeah. Like if, you know, I think a lot of church folks, they put a lot of pressure on themselves, you know, like I have to do all this X amount of work. It's not going to get done unless I do it. And, you know, I think I'm, especially now, uh, I just think if they just, you just ask your supervisor, hey, I'm, I'm cooked or. I could use a little break or I, I'm like, I think people are just so understanding and empathetic to what a, a church tech does week in and week out. And then pragmatically speaking, I think like church techs, you know, the, the shortage is so real. I think the supervisors know like, Hey, like I got to take care of the people that I actually yeah. have because it, yeah. it's not Replacing the supply. Them. Yeah. The yep. supply is not enough to meet the demand. You know? Yeah. So you have a distinct advantage in the fact that you get to be in so many different churches and different rooms and see different setups and approaches. But so many of our listeners, like they are full-time at their church. And so they have their head in, you know, their project in their world. And so like, do you have any advice or thoughts on how they might, you know, put their head up sometimes and see like, I wonder how this church does it and just gain some perspective on like, oh, I never thought of doing it that way and yeah. bringing some of these things back home. Is it just conferences? Is it podcasts? Or or maybe like getting out and actually visiting other churches? Yeah, I think those are all like great advice. You know, I think as it pertains to mixing in particular, you know, there's a thing called console creep. You know, it's kind of like you just kind of take it for granted that what you've programmed and what you have on your console is going to work next week. And then you have a little change and then, you know, you implement that change, but it doesn't really apply to the next week, but you didn't change anything, you know, and it's a new year, kind of like the way you do spring cleaning, you know, uh, I think it's a good time to just kind of 
wipe the console, you know, obviously you want to notate every in and out and where things are patched and all the, all the things that are downstream of your console. But, you know, in the touring world, every tour, every run of shows is a new console file or a new console altogether. Um, and that way you can kind of keep your mind fresh instead of being like, hey, like there's a new instrumentalist this week and that sounds familiar. So I'm going to put it down this signal path because that's what I've always done, you know, kind of from the touring side, you know, what you do is on every record cycle, you're looking at all the new songs and all the new sounds that are on on the album. And then you want to serve that well. So you're trying to kind of start from scratch. So I just think the pressure of having a good Sunday happen is so high that the actual bandwidth and ability to say, hey, Monday through Thursday, I'm going to wipe this thing and then I'm going to start over. But I do think it's it's really valid. Or maybe you roll it out over the course of a few weeks where you say, hey, I'm building a file. I'm going to still use, you know, the one we've always been using, but I'm building a file and every subsequent rehearsal on Sunday, you know, it just gets tighter and tighter. And then, you know, somehow your mixing kind of gets freshened up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh you know, a lot of audio guys can rely on their show file and just go back to it every single Sunday. And yeah, you lose some of that magic by yeah. not reimagining. Like we forget it's art, it's yeah. creation. And yeah. so, and especially for the guys that work for different folks, you know, they kind of take their, it's, it's easy to kind of take your template and then um, kind of adapt it to whoever you're working for. Um, I kind of do something not, advisable, but I change manufacturers of consoles just so that the fact that I just have to really feel a little bit dumb at the beginning when I'm kind of programming so that it forces me to say, oh, how do they think about music? How do they think about, you know, processing things? And then it forces you to do things you normally wouldn't, and then you get something new. I'm imagining, Blake, uh, a new TV series that we host. It's called, <laughs> instead of like Wife Swap, it's Console Swap. So oh. like, you know, churches have to, you know, <laughs> trade their Digico for the Yamaha yeah, or whatnot. That's great. Oh, crap. How did I, you know, assign this here on this? And You're joking. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Let's do this. We can't pull off all of my ideas, Blake. We've, we've discovered this before. So Wait we a have minute. To... Nobody told me that. I'm still working <laughs> 90 hours a week trying to do this stuff. Okay, Gene. We want you to imagine, a lot like how Toby imagines, um, imagine how you're suddenly part of a production team at a church. What would you want the most in the room to make it just the best audio possible? You're kind of getting a, you're getting ground floor. You know, you get to make whatever request. Don't worry about budget. Is it equipment? Is it leadership style? Is it culture? Is it just a bunch of DMB line arrays? <laughs> Where do you want to start to build upon? Yeah. If you were you really getting to imagine your own room, because when you came on the last time, the the thing that really hit was you giving that room hack. Yeah. I mean, that blew some people's minds. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm getting old and it's kind of the beginning of the year and you get a little reflective, you know? You start thinking about things. Gene, we're the same age, so if you're getting old, <laughs> then so am I. The difference yeah. is Gene is aging like wine and Toby's I'm, aging I'm, like mud. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling old, yeah, for sure. I think, like, you know, when you get older, you're not motivated to do work that a young person is motivated to do. You know, kind of like the the way to get me out of my house is not dangling something cool in front of my face. It just kind of, those days are kind of long gone for me, you know, and... um you know, if I'm going to leave people I love, you know, I got to be going to people I want to be around and love, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to leave my wife, and my kids to go tour with a bunch of not awesome people, you know, and so going back to just the people side, you know, like a great drummer that you love. I mean, that's just, that's just the foundation of mm. things sounding great, you know, whoever's on stage, you know, on the platform, you know, you want a real relationship with them. You know, and I think that's kind of how I've been fortunate enough to just choose the work I do is, is I want this real like trust with that person because for them to really, you know, trust what I'm doing because stuff goes wrong, you know, and you have bad nights and you have less than awesome moments and, you know, but if something sounds great or you want it to sound great, like the relationship has to really be there. 
you know, I, there's been a lot of cool jobs that I've just kind of politely said no to because just the people weren't a good fit for me, you know, but I'm a little bit spoiled. I get, <laughs> but yeah, start with a great drummer. That's, I mean, you know, and maybe like an old Gretsch or Ludwig or Rogers kit and Right. Speaking of drummers, real quick, <clears throat> this weekend we were taking some photos for, um, like, we needed some stock photos of, like, hey, we're at a church, and their drummer guys, gray hair just on the sides, no gray hair on top, skinny jeans, wow. drummer. It was so cool. I was like, this dude has been rocking his whole life. Yep. Yeah, That's a true been, drummer for you. I've never been that cool, so <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. Yeah, it's amazing uh, just the effect that enjoying the people you work with has on the entire output. And I've, you know, I've visited so many churches where like some of them just stand out. We're like, oh, you guys really have a good time. You care about each other. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and I think that's when you can have hard conversations or that's when you can laugh off something bad happening. You know, I, I tell this story, I was just telling, yeah, I was just telling the story, uh, we did these during the sing-along tour. Um, I was mousing over on my Waves plug-in rack, and the wireless mouse died because the battery and whatever was it was glitching. And uh, the 1K knob where I should have just been attenuating, it just the ball just wheeled up, and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of feedback because it's plus 15 dB. And uh, Oh my gosh, my heart just, you know. <laughs> you can feel it right just, now. It's yeah. just not great, you know, and it's this really somber moment, you know, just people are really worshiping really tenderly and I just felt awful, you know, and I just, you know, immediately after, I'm like, Phil, I'm so sorry. Like, I, this is what happened, you know, and you know, I was so bummed, you know, and he was just like, people, people worship tonight. Like, it was the sweet, like... He's like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about, yeah. you know? And he knew his ears are so good. He knew, he knew, but he was so gracious. And I think, I think it's just relation, a relationship, you know, you've been working with someone for a long time, you know, and, and you really love each other. And, and both people are thinking about serving the church and not about how they look or what they're doing, you know, their, their job taking precedent over the, the moment, so to speak. And, um, and that's what helps you just move on and just start over the next day. But I use a wired mouse now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, the hard lesson to learn. It's but just a small hack. Though. Yeah, but use a wired trackball if you can. How long have y'all been working together? Um, off and on from about 2015. So, you know, I was with him quite a bunch in the kind of closer to the 15, 16, 17, 18, those years. And then, um, but I've always, you know, thankfully they've always been kind enough to just ask if I'm free when I can, you know, I'm, yeah. So we'll see, I'm just trying to gauge, you know, you know, that's eight years. Me and Toby are at three and a half now. So we just got another four and a half years, Toby, before we love each other. I'm going to for real fire you before that. <laughs> that's for darn sure. My new year's resolution is to fire you more, Blake. So, yeah. well, hang on. Is this officially counting for our tracker for the year? You want it to? Nope. I don't. I You're don't. fired. Dang it. Yep. Well, before I, I get that one, before I get fired, I do, <laughs> I do want to ask another question. Um, I just want to harken back to that hacking of a room. Um, really, I just want to revisit it. Like, if we don't have anything else to say, like, that's totally fine. But any further thoughts on hacking a bad room? Any tips to your our church tech pals that are listening to this on, like, yeah, I'm stuck in this room, guys. Like, I, this yeah. is my room. Any any changes or adjustments you like? Yeah, one of the – I think that was in a case when a room is way too, like, reflective and acoustically – just way too many bounciness, just things are out of your hand. Kind of, for a lot of people, kind of like an outdoor flat space with no roof is kind of like an ideal because there's no reflections. Well, in that case, because we do a lot of this where, you know, the first couple shows are inside and then you take the same show file and you've got to be outside and you sound check at 11 a.m. and then you play at 9 p.m. and... A lot has changed. And so, you know, a, a little thing of when you go outside is you've got to make things uh, 
the dec- you have to introduce decay. Otherwise, it just feels like sound just appears and then disappears. Mm. It has nowhere to kind of yeah stay in the in the ballpark. So rather than just making all your reverbs really long, now you're introducing like a way to make it feel more natural is just add small amounts of delay on things. Lengthen a pre-delay, you know, instead of a three-second verb, have two that are maybe one and a half and two. And so um, even now, you know, just using a little bit of soft compression on some of your reverb tails kind of keep things in the ballpark. So you're kind of, you're trying to introduce a little bit of room compression in a place where there's none of it. So it's kind of like the opposite of adding reverb to a bouncy place. Yeah. I don't know if that made sense. The fact that it didn't tells me that it was a great tip. <laughs> I mean, especially for the fact that like since COVID, so many churches in like California and Florida now have outdoor venues yeah. and they're doing a lot of outdoor services. So yeah. that'll be very helpful for those mix engineers. And I was thinking Blake's way of hacking, helping his engineer hack a room is that, so my church, we are doing a churchwide fast for the first three weeks mm. of the year and they do it every year. Toby's so, been real cranky, man. It's been hard. <laughs> it's t- but Blake does the opposite where he's like, I'm just going to eat more and absorb more sound. Mm. So that's your hack to help your audio engineer. You yeah, absorb yeah. more of that sound. <laughs> I love that. That's my ministry, man. <laughs> now I'm going to start, up. Yeah, I'm going to start writing uh, off all this white cheddar yeah, popcorn. I've, I've you are a human base trap for a long time. Oh, I got one. Sorry. Oh, hit it. Um, I think one thing you can do that is kind of undefeated is you could just mix quieter. If you just mix quieter, the room is less involved in your mix. Um, I think some people feel like if I just push it harder, I can get on top of all the problems and it'll be so speakers will do enough work that it'll feel like oh, I don't even hear the room. But I think, you know, sing along was a, is a good example with a couple guitars, you know, you can really swing the dynamic range to go into the eighties, low eighties, and it kind of resets your ability to do other things later on as kind of the moment builds. Mm. But yeah. Just makes a little quieter and uh, it works. Toby, I don't like this advice because if, no. if that means that I need to talk a little quieter, <laughs> we're going to have problems. Well, I always tell uh, our audio guy, if he can turn it up a little bit, I'd be happy. That's true. Toby, are you trying to go deaf by 50 or 60? I think I can make it to 60. Think so? Okay. Yeah. Um, Gene, I know that uh, you kind of have fun with uh, technology and you like to throw out personal challenges of, you know, I'd love to, I think you've said things like, I'd love to mix an entire tour on an X32 or an analog console. Yeah. Um, are there any specific directions you see technology going that you're like, nah, I don't like that. I'm not a fan. No, I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty big fan of uh, where it's going. You know, I think the software is getting so much better. You know, the, the computers are getting more stable and more powerful. Uh, manufacturers are being forced to make put more feature sets and more capability into smaller, more compact, you know, cheaper, more affordable things. And so it's all exciting to me. I love it. Although I did just ask a vendor if they had an old Heritage 3K or XL4. <laughs> I was like, and they said, no, we don't have any analog consoles. I'm sorry. And I was like, you should probably cut back on YouTube. <laughs> and if they did, would you legit have taken it out? Yeah, I would have really considered it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there's... I think there's one YouTube video that I watched recently and it was about Stapleton's engineer and he's got this beautiful Midas and he was saying how he used to tune rooms with a turntable and wow. that just, I just couldn't even fathom that. Yeah. But knowing what those desks sound like, I, I get it. And there's not a single person that's seen a Stapleton show that won't say that's one of the best things they've ever heard. So. Yeah. And is AI going to take over all of uh, all of mixing, or do you have no fears of that, or tons of fears of that? Uh, no, I. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a moment where a console is smart enough to start mixing, or at least get like a a balance going pretty quickly. But I think at least for the first handful of years, it's going to be referred as like the golden age of AI, where kind of the relationship of humans and AI technology, uh, you know, you're, you're getting like a, 
bigger sum of effectiveness, you know. And so the fact that, you know, consoles are going to be able to or are able to see inputs that, you know, and just say, oh, would you like me to apply the acoustic guitar preset to that thing and mm. be like, great, you know, and just sort yeah. it out for you. Or, I mean, some of these plugins were like, someone singing into a vocal mic and there's a, a vacuum and then you just turn the knob and then you could just hear the vacuum go away. I'm just like, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, or what if you're just like, can you make that drum sound like this drum sound? And it just happens. That sounds awesome to me. Yeah, I wonder if there's a plugin for the podcast where we turn a knob and Blake just goes away. Yeah, they have that. Because like a vacuum, he <laughs> sucks. You can just hit the mute button, Toby, but I don't think AI can be as random as me. I'm uh, currently reading Elon Musk's biography right now. And, you know, there's all sorts of fascinating things. He's a very interesting character on many different levels. But um, especially with Tesla, like starting in 2016, he would kept he kept saying fully like automated self-driving cars are coming this year. And then the next year you'd say it. And the next year we'd say it. And finally, he just sort of like self-deprecating. He's like, yeah, I think I'm, uh, you know, thinking that's coming faster than it is. And, you know, some of this technology is just... It's still decades away, even though we see the potential of it soon. Uh, yeah. And I do think, you know, human, like real human experiences become that much more valuable in a place where kind of the AI is like the norm. You know, it's like I think concerts and events, seeing people, it just gets more, people are going to seek it out more. You know, Have y'all gotten an email yet where you're pretty sure someone wrote it to you through chat GPT? It feels weird. I haven't thought about it, but I do certainly understand what Jet B GBT can do. There was one email I got, and I was like, you didn't write this to me. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. So as you say, Gene, like, yeah. there's, I don't know the term. There's a term for, like, human error is what creates beauty in life, and I think you're going to lose some of that with AI that people will then go back to. Yeah. I don't know. Guys, should we talk about coffee? Sure. I've got it in front of me right now, so. All right. I'm a fan. Let's do some coffee trivia with Gene and Toby. So here's okay. how this is going to work. I've got seven questions. You have to let me finish the question. It's not like our... Uh, Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> and so obviously there's seven, so you're going to try to get four out of, uh, out of seven right to yeah. win. The source for this is goodhousekeeping.com. <laughs> All right, number one. And should we clarify that like Gene is a coffee... Yeah, Gene, why don't you give us your, your coffee background? Yeah. Uh, well, during the pandemic, I had a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> and uh, my wife gifted me a coffee roaster. And that just led to a lot of bean burning. And uh, that's what I did for a good year and a half. And then, uh, and then I started doing these shows for Phil as we were coming out of the pandemic. And he's like, hey, what have you been up to? Well, I've been roasting coffee, you know, maybe someday it's going to be called Crew Brew. And uh, I'm just telling you, he got so excited. He posted about it on Instagram <laughs> and uh, thinking like this was going to be a real thing pretty soon. And I was thinking like, oh, when I'm done touring, my <laughs> yeah. ears don't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to no. roast coke. And so I had, you know, a few hundred messages kindly asking where to get this. And I wasn't busy, and I was like, I wonder how realistic it would be to fulfill orders. So I made a landing page, and I took orders, and that was a couple, maybe two years ago. But I had 150 orders, and I, I had never roasted more than half a pound of coffee at once. Wow. And so I had to really quickly figure it out. But I will say, you know, just the support of you guys, MXU, you know, like Mike Reynolds, like, Everyone's been so kind and supportive and, you know, all your engineer friends, you know, even though it tastes not awesome, they're like, this coffee's awesome, you know. Gene, I got to tell you, this false humility is not going to work on me. It doesn't not taste awesome. It tastes amazing. I know this because some of our boys that are here are coffee snobs and they got it and they like, they lost oh, it. It was like I you. threw a pound of catnip into the pound <laughs> and all the cats tore it to pieces. I'm, oh, I'm for you. real. I'm for real. It It's become a really fun it makes no sense when you look at it in terms of time or, you know, finances, but it it's just so fun and it's so interesting and it's nice to have something that kind of exercises your brain. And then from a, like a relational aspect, you know, it's just, it's so nice to like go somewhere and be like, I brought you some coffee or, you know, production folks are like, this is our coffee, you know, in a black yeah. bag. It looks like a road case label, you know, so 
know. And is it crewbrew.com? Crewbrew.com. The traditional spelling? That's right. Okay. Use the coupon code CHURCHGEAR. Ooh. And, uh, you'll get some. It'll charge you more, but. Great. Yeah. That's for Blake. <laughs> exactly. It's an offering for him. And you know what? We'll just say it right here that if uh, you share this episode and tag us and Crew Brew on Instagram this week, somebody's getting a free bag of Crew Brew. Yeah. I'm getting a free bag of Crew Brew. I will make sure Am I that- qualified? Sure. I will make- <laughs> Blake, you're going to have to show me how to use Instagram. I-, I will make sure that Toby doesn't win. Seriously, <laughs> tag, uh, post this episode on Instagram, tag us both, and someone will win a free bag of Crew Brew. Awesome. All right. So let's do this coffee trivia. Gene, I'm bringing you in as my heavy gun to beat okay. Toby here. Here we are. Starbucks. Toby, you have to let me finish. Okay. All right. Number one, how far back does coffee date back to? Guess a century. I'll say the ninth century. Uh, I don't know. The fifth century. Dang it. It's the 800 AD, so I guess that's closest to ninth century. I think that's literally the ninth century. Is it? Yes. I'll have to. <laughs> oh, here we go. My explanation. Legend has it that ninth century goat herders. Oh, man. Oh, notice Caldi. The, notice the effect caffeine had on their goats who appeared to dance after eating it. Kicking your butt so far, Gene. Well, I man. knew it was going to happen. I know. But that's Caldi the goat farmer. It's, mm. it's, that's the legend. Yeah. Apparently a local monk then made a drink with it and found that it kept him awake at night. Number two, what country grows the most coffee in the world? Mm, that's Brazil. Boom. Ah. Brazil. <laughs> I was going to guess somewhere in Africa. You want to guess the second placeholder? Peru. Colombia. Vietnam. That one surprised oh, me. Wow. So we got one to one, Gene Toby. Okay. Mm, yes. Number three, only two U.S. states grow coffee. What states are they? Only two United States states grow coffee. I'll say Georgia and Alabama. California okay. and Florida. It goes to Gene because it's California and Hawaii. Oh, oh Hawaii. Hawaii makes sense. <laughs> Whenever I was reading the article, it made it sound like whoever is making it in California is charging way too much <laughs> for their beans. All <laughs> right. Two to one. True or false, the most expensive coffee in the world costs 600 bucks, and it is made by a cat-like creature eating coffee beans that it can digest, and when it poops them out, the bitterness is downplayed. True. True. Kopi Luwak. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a tie. <laughs> All right, so two to one and still. it's terrible. It's, oh, sorry, it's not terrible. It's it's not great. I don't think it's great. I've also had the elephant poop coffee, which is hmm. also weird. I think it's, so if I'm going to choose poop coffee, I think the elephant poop coffee is better than the rodent variety. Hmm. Interesting. He just called cats a rodent. How dare he? <laughs> well, so you drink both? Like, it's a safe thing to drink? It's a thing, yeah. Well, the idea is that the animal, this cat-like creature in the jungle, knows to pick the ripest, most ideal coffee fruit that has the sweetest, you know, whatever. And then when it digests, the enzymes will create you know, lactic acid. So now you're you're hoping that this coffee has absorbed some of that and then becomes fruitier and more interesting and I don't know. Toby, I'd like to put a formal request or complaint into God for making Gene <laughs> a genius at audio, coffee, and science. I'm wondering if there's any cat feces in crew brew coffee. Yeah. I, I should put a little <laughs> label. Disclaimer. I'd be like, you're welcome. Yeah. Does not contain cat or elephant yeah. uh, feces. All right. True or false? Starbucks opens two stores a week. Wow. False. That's impressive. If that's true. Well, he answered first. It is false. They it's open two, way more. It's two stores a day. I was almost, I mean, at one point, I think they were open like two an hour. I will say I have teenage daughters and the street cred value of Starbucks to a teenage girl is so high. It's astonishing, to be honest. They call it their Starbies nowadays. Yeah. All right. It's two to two now. Uh, and since we tied on one, y'all could tie overall. How many different combinations can you order Dunkin' Coffee? 25. So Duncan, they, they did the computation of how many different ways. 46,000. Oh, it's got to be higher than that. It's got to be like 100. So you're saying 100,000, he's saying 46? No, he's saying 100. 100. Yeah. Okay. And it's, I'm saying 46,000. Oh. Yeah, he gave that to me. That was a kind gesture as it's a host. 25,000. So I don't Whoa. know who is closer there. I think Toby. I think won it's that Toby. One. Yeah, I think so. And Gene. Man, my ego's feeling good today. 
I have one roll of church gear. Make Toby's <laughs> ego go down. Gene, to tie it up. Here we go. This is our final question, too. Wow. What happens if we tie? Because you had seven questions. The win wrestle. goes to the guest. Oh, you like can that. overdose on coffee. How many cups of coffee would you have to drink in a short span to overdose? That, that look, well, it's you, not true or false. It, there is an answer. Gene, to are you, you going to argue with goodhousekeeping.com? <laughs> I was born to argue with goodhousekeeping.com. Uh, so you're both making a guess at how, how many cups? cups? Yeah, I'll let you uh, go first, Gene. All right, I'll say 47. Okay. I'll say nine. It's 30. Oh, Gene's closer. All right, which means y'all tie, uh, which really, if we're going to keep to this show spirit, means I lose because I made the game. <laughs> Should we arm wrestle to uh, yeah. shut it down? Sure, yeah, y'all could, <laughs> you could totally arm wrestle. Um, well, Gene, uh, we just appreciate you coming on, man. Does anything you uh, want to plug? I know we were already talking about Crew Brew, but um, you know we're not doing a tech takeaway this week. Gene's already you know been on the show, earned his stripes. So what you want to plug? Um. I'm going to be at Philo this year, so Ooh. if you want to... Are you teaching a... A little audio class. Oh, that's um, amazing. It'll probably be about uh, vocal processing and reverb and things like that, but that's what we're figuring out. Yeah, come hang out. All of our friends will be at Philo. Philo is my favorite time of the year. Yes, so come to Philo this year. You'll see Gene. You'll see us. You'll see Todd Elliott. What else is there to see in life? I know. That's it. Like, Gene and Todd are like production power couple right there. Oh man. Oh, he is the No, there's <laughs> put me in that world. <laughs> All right. Uh if you want to come to see Philo and the marriage of Gene and Todd, uh make sure you are signed up. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining, man. Uh thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. We hope to see you back next week for more absurd stories, tech takeaways, and overall buffoonery here at the Church Gear Studios. So, Blake, speaking of cat turd, I sure hope this episode didn't contain any cat feces. Well, as the person who is the uh, CCO, uh, the chief cat poop operator at my house, <laughs> I, I get it all out of the, you know, my wife cooks, so I do the cat crap. You know, it kind of makes sense. I know a thing or two about cat crap, and I can say there wasn't any in this episode. And I wonder, uh, have you looked like what percentage of people are dog people versus cat people? Because yeah. I think it's like 99 to 1. I know, it's the it's uh, the same correlation between intelligent people and dumb people. It's 99%, you know, cats, 1%. It's, it's kind of like how many people are church gear podcast people versus not church gear podcast people. I think it's like 99 to 1. <laughs> well, if you want to be in the top 1% of our hearts share this episode and tag crew brew and tag church gear and the winner is going to get some uh, crew brew coffee with no cat feces in it allegedly this statement has not been regarded by the FDA and is not responsible to the lawyers of church gear or crew brew okay Blake I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch so I've got churchy churchy church church gear t Toby what have I told you about singing on the podcast it doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke. That didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? Uh, you know what? That one works.